Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, BenficaIndependent.com is a site where you can find tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brinco do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidade, if that's your thing and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidade, but you really don't have the time uh, on your schedule to watch the modalidade on BTV, you can now catch the recaps and also modalidade talk on Befigan Pennant, along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles, uh, all independent, everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between uh, Befigan uh, Pennant the only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Benfica Independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two and one at five. Uh, and I believe the five gets you some uh, free swag. So uh, if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there, uh, please do support us uh, by going to uh, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão um culto. A coragem que é inovável, que é crer, que é mental, que é o caráter das pessoas. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão para a explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. É de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talk to the Doll Befica podcast. This week coming to you a little later than usual, but you know what they say, better late than, than ever, I guess. But here we are, episode number 419. My name is Alfredo. With me, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano, como é que é, amigo? Tudo bem? Alfredo Fumaças, what's going on, my man? Glad to be back. Glad we're back here on the podcast. I miss you, man, as you said. Uh, better late than ever, but uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to be back. Miss talking to you guys. Yeah, that's right. Also with us, as always, the stat man himself, Dave de Oliveira. What's happening? Nothing much, Alfredo. Great to be back on as well with uh, both of you. And, uh, you know, Benfica started a little bit later, so we'll start the podcast uh, a little bit uh, later in the uh, the week as well here. And, and you know something, Alfredo, before we came on live, we were talking about Ted Lasso. And now as we start our podcast here, you throw a line that you call Dave a stat man. I think Dave is in the Nathan category, right? Where I think he's overcome the Kip Man situation. He's done a little bit more than just a stat man. I think it's time we give him a new contract just, uh, you know, to keep in the, in, 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 you know, keep up with Ted Lasso and what they're doing with the great uh, coaching staff. For we got to promote Dave. What do you think, Alfredo? Fritz, I'll, uh, I'll use you as my agent next time uh, we're uh, renegotiating. Uh, I just, I, I just think it, it was perfect. You know, we talked about that right before we came on, and then I think you deserve a promotion, Nathan. I mean, Dave. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great reference to uh, Ted Lasso, who is uh, swept at the Emmys, this year's Emmys, and if you haven't checked out uh, that show, we uh, highly recommend it, especially for us in, in North America, that there's so many references uh, to North American uh, football and and sports, if you will. So you, you'll get uh, a lot of the jokes there. So, But here we are um, on a Thursday night. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the Bovista game, which happened on Monday. So it wasn't too far um, ago. We're also got the Guimarães that comes up this Saturday. Um, and uh, six in a row for, uh, for Benfica. 
um, starting off starting off nice. Um, but anyway, you guys have been good. I've been good. Sorry, I was <laughs> traveling, and that's why uh, that's why I wasn't I wasn't here. But here we are. Uh, so let's start with this um, with this Boa Vista game. Uh, Vlaco Dimos was in goal. Verissimo também e Vertonghen across the back. Gonçalves and Grimaldo on the wings. Weigel and João Mario uh, in the middle. Rafa, Darwin, and Yaramchuk up front. Um, Chris, I guess it, we could discuss this this lineup really, but it. it this is probably, in my view, Befica's strongest lineup. But what I wanted to, to ask you about is the change in the Darwin positioning. I'll get your take um, on it, and then I'll also I'll offer my opinion. Alfredo, just rewind. Go back and listen to a previous podcast. I believe we talked about where exactly would a Darwin Nunez, who has not been firing in all cylinders, where he would fit in this lineup. And I think we talked about putting him on the outside and bringing him in, uh, you know, let him make his runs because the one thing he could do is absolutely use his physique and his and his powerful stride and, and all those great attributes to, to, to the best of his ability. And I think it's helped out Benfica. And look, having another guy up top, and a Yaramchenko to take the attention away from the you know the opposition, maybe alleviated things for 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 a guy like Darwin. And look, look it's definitely worked out. Uh, let's not throw all the forgets at once. Um, we're ecstatic that he's getting a brace game after game, but he's still leaving a lot of other chances there that I think he should be putting away. But again, this is all positives, right, Dave? We're keeping up with the positive Cristiano, right? This is all positives uh, for, for Darwin Nunez. And as I stated in the last podcast, um, you know, he got two lucky goals with the deflections in the previous game. But we were all hopeful that that would guide, that would lead to, you know, his confidence being built up. And that's exactly what we've seen here. And so as long as he keeps putting away two out of five chances, I'll take it. <laughs> Two out of five is not bad. I'll take it. That's almost 50%. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot better than what he did last year. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. The one the one thing, obviously, so when we compare Darwin to to Everton, right, and regardless of the form or, of, of each one of them, the characteristics that they both have are, 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 are different in a way that Darwin is a lot more physical, he's more vertical, while Dar- uh, uh, Everton likes to cut in as you know uh but darwin is is very physical and he can attack that space between a center back and the fullback which is what he's been doing and then what you have there which is an interesting dynamic that i noticed was the fact that when yarmchuk attacks the other side the right side between the center back and the fullback what that does is that that brings uh, Darwin into the middle and as we saw it first opportunity of the game Darwin t- tried to get cute and completely missed the goal but the second opportunity of the game another deep ball into Yarmchuk Yarmchuk gets um, deep behind the defense puts it back to Diogo Gonçalves Diogo Gonçalves crosses the ball and you got Darwin in the middle to put that away yeah, for sure. It helps. It also helps Benfica in transition. When Benfica gets on the attacking third, obviously, as you stated before, your arm trunk with his movement, it allows to get another guy in the box in, in, in a Darwin Nunez where when you have a guy like Everton who's not going to get in the box, his presence, he's not the same presence in the box. Um, I, I think it changes things a little bit uh, for Benfica. I think Everton creates when when we get a healthy, a right 
Everton. He creates more opportunities for his teammates. Where this guy is obviously a goal scorer, he's a striker. He's a guy that's accustomed to getting the ball, putting his head down, and doing everything he can to get to the goal. And, you know, when it works out, it's fantastic to see. When this guy's got confidence, um, it, it's been pleasant to see. And, you know, this is – we see the player that Benfica was – you know, trying to acquire when they did, when they spent the record fee, uh, league record fee on a player from second division in, in Spain. And now you see um, putting, you see him putting it all together and it's fantastic to see. But when he's not playing with that same confidence, uh, you know, it's 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 rough as a Benfiquista. And not just as a Benfiquista, but as, as a teammate, as a coaching staff, must be rough to see a guy uh, chance after chance. So um, it, it's important that, that Darwin keeps this up. It's important yeah. that, that, you know, the rest of his teammates look for him. And obviously the confidence right now has got to be at an all-time high. Yeah. And, and Dave, as Cristiano mentioned, and we all mentioned here, the fact that uh, Darwin was bought for a record uh, number, right? And he had all this pressure on his back. Now that Yaramchuk coming in and Yaramchuk being apparently the number one striker for JJ takes away some of the pressure on Darwin, do you feel that this is – the secret to the success or why we've been able to pull more out of Darwin or you think it's the positioning alone? It, it could be a mix of, of both if you want to take it that that answer. Um, but um, the, the truth of the matter is, is you can't let uh, Darwin for how bad of a season that he had last uh, last year because of that record uh, transfer fee. You can't just let him rot on the bench, right? So um, whether it's JJ identifying that maybe he's got something there playing uh, more in the wing and leaving uh, Yeremchuk more uh, as the central striker, um, especially with uh, the way Everton's been been playing lately, uh, you you can't just let uh, your 22 million man dollar man uh, just sit and rotting on the bench, right? So they got to do something to showcase both of uh, Yeremchuk and uh, Darwin. You got ultimately you want to try to get uh, Everton back in there too because he wasn't at a, a cheap uh, cost either. So, uh, but for the time being, I think this is uh, the lineup that should be going forward. Yeah, no, without a doubt. But getting back to the game, as as we mentioned, Darwin getting on the scoreboard in, in the 14th minute from that uh, Gonzalez assist, and Chris often criticizes Gonzalez crosses, uh, but this time he got it right on the mark. Uh, then in the 32nd minute, we had. Uh, a mistake by Weigel. Um, as he's try- as Benfica's trying to play out of the back, Weigel uh, did a little touch to get around the defender. The defender, uh, Bovista, was pressing high, was able to toe poke it, got a trailing guy, hits a, a blast of a rocket into Benfica's goal, and, and nothing Vlakodimic could have done uh, anything about that goal. But uh, Weigel redeemed himself uh, two minutes later uh, after Nota Mendy. Um, assist with Weigel putting putting it away but this goal Cristiano comes from a dead ball situation uh dead ball situations which we've had problems in the past we haven't been as consistent with dead ball situations and something that JJ was known for is is lab is lab work at the Seychelles but happy to see a, a goal from a dead ball situation yeah I mean look Things are definitely looking up in that in that department. We went there for for a period over the last couple of seasons where, not just the finishing but crosses. I mean, guys weren't even getting set up. Um, you know, with the appropriate crosses in order to create chances on set pieces, it was atrocious. Where on the other side, Benfica seemed to to be giving up goals at every chance they every opportunity. Well, no, I don't want to say opportunity for them, but the opposition every opportunity the opposition got on a Benfica. Uh, 
side of things, they, they were able to convert, and we just couldn't. And now it's look, it's early on, but I'm glad that these things uh, are putting up results. I'm glad that you know we're getting results from this. Uh, I'm glad that JJ is working his magic, as you mentioned before, as you switch in the. You seem like right now we just did a Yarmchuk and Darwin situation. <laughs> where we, um, but yeah, man, look, it's 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 all positives. That that's all I can say. I mean, we like to see this. It's early, but as mentioned, as I mentioned before. We need to keep up this consistency, and we need to, to to bring this and continue throughout the rest of the season, and and, and bring it to other games. And uh, it's important to get these goals, especially when things got tight. There, what a fantastic goal! What was the dude's name? I forget his name. The, the guy from Bovista. That was a bomba, bro. S- S- was it sour? S- S- yeah, I can sour sour patch. Whatever. That was phenomenal. Sour. What patch. a phenomenal. It was definitely <laughs> sour for us. <laughs> it was definitely a sour patch for Lacadimos, but none none he could do. That was just a bomba. Credit to him. Tip my cap to him. That was that was beautiful to watch. And then I think what made it even better was the fact that, as you mentioned, two minutes later, uh, we were able to flip the score once again and kind of alleviate things going into the half with a two to one lead. So was it wasn't a half, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it, yeah, but it's it, been so long ago. I forget these things, man. Like, <laughs> no, it, it was definitely a uh, you know after allowing that goal. Uh, which could have been a little bit deflating, right? Especially when it comes off a, a, a mistake. But I, I thought that uh, Benfica was uh, always uh, in control of the game, albeit not creating that amount of chances that we're used to from JJ's team. But the story um, has been uh, the efficiency by Benfica, right? So in this in this game, we finished off with uh, uh, eight shots and, and obviously three goals. That's, a, that's almost 50% of the shots. Uh, but certainly... Um, a good a good score line going into the half. Uh, then the second half um, started, and right in the first 15 minutes, uh, as a matter of fact, at the at the hour mark, uh, Darwin uh, got a second one, and I thought that after that, uh, Dave, the the really the 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 game was out of reach for Bovista. Yeah, but you could tell after that uh, both clubs. Um, really didn't uh, push for it. Actually, I want to I want to change that. Boavista, I I actually uh, was impressed with what they were bringing forward. They were coming at Benfica, mind you, at that scoreline. Uh, they have to come and try to uh, get a couple of goals back. So second half, they they were definitely uh, pressing uh, Benfica's defense, but um, but yeah, in terms of Benfica, they they managed to handle the uh, Bovisha attack well, and yeah. uh, we were able to come away with the three points. Yeah, and even though we weren't uh, that that dangerous in the second half, I think that after that third goal, I think that Benfica just limited themselves to uh, controlling the game with with some some positive possession um, and really doing. Um, Doing doing a lot more just to, to shut down Bovista. And Bovista did uh press and, and make a push towards the end of the game, but I thought that Befica was always under control. Chris. Yeah, I mean look, it, it's good to see. It's good to see Benfica be on top of teams once again. I mean, for <laughs> keep referring to for a stretch, for a stretch, for a stretch, because as we as we as we knew, as we know last season things weren't weren't the brightest and so it seemed like didn't even matter the opposition Benfica's the one being dominated at times but glad to see that Benfica's finally flipped that around we need to convert um you know at a higher rate because the opposition right now is not exactly the strongest and things are going to get tougher and we're going to need to be more efficace down the line here in some games so um glad to see it I'm glad these guys are getting you know building up their confidence I love 
just got to mention, I mean, you talked about Darwin and Yaramchuk, and, you know, you even brought up Gonzalez who finally got a cross right, and I'm glad. I mean, I'd love to see it. But uh, I need to see more than one every uh, a month. I need to see a couple more of those being converted. But, you know, it'd be a shame if we didn't mention Rafa because when Rafa yeah. – and I think we talk about this every single year at the start of the year. Um, and I don't even <laughs> want to say the same words because it's like I feel like after I say it, things just – you know, they all – just fall apart but when Rafa is playing at the level that he's playing now it's a joy to watch he is po- quite possibly the most dangerous player in the Liga Portuguesa uh and Benfica is damn near unbeatable because the guy creates so much havoc and um teams have to worry about his speed and they have to focus on him so much that it allows the arm trucks to sneak in behind a defender create space and then got a Darwin and it's just a beautiful thing to see and so I think we needed to to, to mention him uh, because he's he's you know kicked off this season spectacularly so far, and so uh, credit to, to Rafa. It's unfortunate his uh, best bud uh, he <laughs> seems like he's been pushed out a little, a little bit, but it's it's okay because look, I'm the not team, complaining. Exactly, the team's playing well. Because I, I just I mentioned that because his best bud has a, a, a ridiculous start every single year. That's what I was gonna say when you were yeah. talking about ridiculous player or ridiculous starts. I thought you were gonna talk about Pizzi, but yeah, he's been uh, relegated to the bench for uh, his hot month of August and September. So we'll never know what will happen. It's an expensive backup, but it's one that we know if we need to rely rely on, right, Dave? Look, every good NFL team has a a good backup quarterback, right? And that's Pizzi's role. We got a backup. The guy can fill multiple roles, and we know if we need a goal, he's gonna come in and give it to us. But you know, he's been relegated. Something that a lot of us didn't think possible just a few months back because the guy had so much control um, in that locker room, right? The guy is, look, say what you want, like him or not. He's influential because he is a midfielder scoring 15, 20 goals a year. Um, he has these ridiculous starts to the season, but so far it's it's a good sign. Joel Mario's come in. He hasn't, you know, lit the ball on fire. Yeah, with the exception of the first couple of games, he played really well. But then ever since then, as we talked here, uh, when we first acquired him, he didn't do anything spectacular. He didn't do anything bad. So, I mean, look, he's Mr. Reliable. He's doing his duties, doing his job. And so right now there's no room for PZ. I mean, think about Benfica. You got Everton on the bench. PZ, Gonzalo Ramos, Ferovic. I mean, Pino. You got so many guys that could make a huge difference on the offensive end of things. And right now they're backups. And so... You know, it's going to be an entertaining Tasa de Cerveja for sure. We're going to see a lot of those guys battling it out. Yeah, no, uh, I, I agree. I agree. And uh, look, and, and as uh, I just had a comment up by uh, by, by Carlos. Carlinhos, come back. And uh, I, I got to say, the attitude for this team uh, this year, and as he as he mentions there, so so nice, it's completely different, and 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 when you're playing with uh, with confidence, and the team is happy, and the, the results are coming, there's a, a lot of things start falling into place. And and right now, I I can't even you know I can't even say that Pizzi has a spot on this eleven. Bro, no, he doesn't. I mentioned wait, because because. That op is gonna be upset. I didn't even mention. <laughs> I, I don't even think that that op as as a op. That's why I say, yo, that thought's cerveja. Everybody's gonna be balling out because they're all gonna be trying to impress the coach. It's gonna be fun. I mean, you as you all jokes aside, now you do have much more quality on the bench this year, um, this time around than we did last year. And so, look, things are gonna get interesting. But as I stated here, every time you talk to me about the youngsters, if you recall last year, what was my line? This is big boy soccer. Remember? And so this is big boy soccer. This is what it's about. Every good team has a deep squad, 
right? And it's going to be tough for these guys to get on the field. And so um, I think it adds it adds to to the quality of the team. And look, peasy, let's go. Stop eating less and grind it out a little bit more. I mean, it's you know it's fun yeah. to watch, bro. It's yeah. Maybe, maybe this year we'll be able to beat Montalegre uh, like eight nothing. What we expected uh, to with all these uh, these guys trying to ball out. Dave, let's not uh, get carried away. But, but... <laughs> baby steps, Dave. <laughs> baby steps. <laughs> no, but 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 certainly it's been uh, it's been great to to watch this team and and as Cristiano mentioned, there's there's a stage of the season where Raf is practically unplayable, and uh, he would be getting a lot more plaudits. And you guys know that's this because we've mentioned here oftentimes is that if he's a better finisher. He's probably not even at Benfica anymore. But that's the one facet of the game of his game that lacks. And that's the reason why he's still at Benfica. But I'm not complaining, but tremendous. it's not just his finishing. It I, I would like to I, I I like to describe it as his final decision. Whatever the whether sometimes it's pat whatever. It's just it, whatever his final decision is, he goes through these lackadaisical periods in the season. And look, we we thank you for doing so because as you stated. You wouldn't be here right now if that wasn't the case. Yeah, but certainly, you know, and then the involvement of Lucas Verissim, as uh, as Tiago is mentioning, that that pass to to Rafa, Rafa with the beautiful control, and then with the awareness to see uh, uh, um, Darwin, Darwin across Darwin. the way to give him a nice pass that Darwin almost he almost shanked that ball. I don't know if he it wasn't as cleanly hit as it, it needed to be. The ball took a took a bounce. And it ended up in goal, but hey, I'm I'm not complaining. I'm you know as long as it ends up in the back of the net, it could be with the with the left butt cheek or with a toe, whatever. Hey, on the score sheet, it's four goals in two games. That's all he knows. That that's all that matters. But that's look, it. an important win for Benfica, right? Because as we uh, mentioned uh, last week, um, at this junction of the season in a, in a sixth jornada, uh, Benfica was undefeated, went to play. <laughs> against Bovista, and that's when the season got derailed and all came down. So I, I, I think that th there was definitely uh, some kind of a mention by J.J. in the locker room, despite the team being going through a, a good period of, of form. And I guess you could say that. And without uh, even taking into consideration the opposition that we've played, uh, but certainly it's these – it's. You play – the championships are won against these little teams. And I'll take wins against these little teams all day. Uh, and if you remember Cristiano's gripe a few years ago, that game that we played against Past Ferreira, that he will never he will never <laughs> let that one go. Lack but it's, days ago. But it's the, it's the games against these teams because the Classicos and the Derbies, those are just few and far between points. The the little teams is the ones that we need to uh, need to win. Uh, but certainly, six wins out of six games, Benfica holds a four-point lead over Porto and Sporting. So, I, I got to be honest, this early in the season, it is what it is, and there's still a lot of points to dispute, but I'm happy. Hey, and, and I got to mention this, because I know Dave mentioned, he's uh, JJ, let's give my man his due credit. JJ, uh, you know, has led this team to a 6-0 start. First time since 1982-83 with Sven Goran Eriksson, a guy that you and I had the privilege of uh, interviewing. I still can't believe I spoke to that guy. Uh, I just wanted to show off a little bit. You know, drop that. Name but drop. Uh, but I, I wanted to add to that stat, Dave. He's he, he's not only, obviously, he, he's the first, but, 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 but he's the first 
Portuguese coach to ever have this start at the club. So, yeah, add to that Portuguese. It's happened, obviously, but he's the first Portuguese. And, you know, Benfica's had quite a few Portuguese managers in its history. So, uh, JJ, uh, rightfully so, was criticized uh, heavily last season. Um, and so far this year, I mean, you still criticize for some things. But, hey, as long as the team keeps winning, um, I guess we'll all sweep all that stuff under the rug and just uh, keep chucking away one brick at a time, right? How does it go? Yeah. Another brick in the wall? <laughs> was it? It was a go. Um, grão a grão, grão a grão a galinha enche o papo. Something like that. <laughs> and Bruno brings up a, a great point, and it seems that we have the Stavlinha de campeão. Uh, we could have had Odysseus expelled in the Azores in the penalty against Boavista, but that could have been one too. Yeah, I, I, look, I thought that. That that call could have gone against us, and I wouldn't have been surprised because it does seem like Otamendi hits the the leg of the player before he cleans the ball. Uh, so that that could have gone either way, and I was surprised that it wasn't awarded. Uh, but certainly, we're getting a lot of breaks this year that we didn't get last year, uh, and it, I don't know if it's on purpose or if it's just something that is just the luck of the draw. But sometimes we do need that Stalinian campeão. Hey, I'll say this much. If that was the other way around, I'd be screaming and hollering that he got man first. Yeah, he got the ball after, but clearly got man first. But uh, the VAR was probably busy doing something else. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but And look, you're going to get um, these breaks throughout a long season. Uh, but as I've stated many, 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 many times, which is I could accept that previous to the VAR era, but with the VAR, this is inexcusable. So, hey, look, as a Benfiquista, I take it. We know our friends from up north, uh, you know, have got many, many, many of those favorable, dubious, and, you know, VAR bathroom break calls, right? And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I guess the VAR was out. But, but I'll, was yeah, out. exactly. It was a, they were in a bathroom break. But, so, I'll, you know, I'll just say that, um, you know, if it was the other way around, I'd I'd be pretty upset, but look, Benfica was on top of this game at all time. Never at any point, even if that was, you know, let's say they call a penalty. You know, there's games that we watch, guys, and it's just like we just have that feeling. And like, bro, no matter what the hell we're gonna do, we're not, we're, we're not. It's just we're not gonna win this game. Like it just, even sometimes Benfica's on top. He's just like, yeah, things aren't today. It's just it's, but never at any point did did I feel like you know things are gonna get tough I feel throughout the whole game even if Benfica went down 2-1 yeah obviously Boavista would have compacted things in the back they would have made it a lot a lot tougher but I just Benfica was just gonna keep coming forward as we stated before they have a shitload of uh, options um and it's a matter of time before you know we knock 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 and we knock down the wall so yeah absolutely Dave uh, stats on this game so we can move on yeah, Chris already stole uh, some of these here, but he uh, Darwin uh, with his second consecutive brace, uh, in, uh, and now he's the second leading uh, top goal scorer in the Portuguese uh, league. So yeah, I left that one for you, see? There you go. There was a two-parter <laughs> for uh, that one. Benfica with the top, uh, leads the league with goals scored through six, uh, six matches uh, with 16, and they're tied for the best uh, defense with only conceding three goals tied with Sporting Porto and uh, Guimarães. Uh, JJ, the first manager to lead them to uh, six straight victories to open up the league since 82-83, since Van Gorn Eriksson. And Benfica, one of only four 
uh, top 10 uh, European League teams to have a 100% win record uh, to open up the season. The other three, Napoli, PSG, and uh, RB Salzburg. Didn't PSG already tie a game? Yeah. They've been leaving it late. They've been leaving it late. Mm-hmm. They scored. Yeah. yeah. Messi. Oh, no, I mean Hakimi. My bad. Sorry. It was close. <laughs> they look alike. Yeah. Um, before we get to the um, <clears throat> to the Guimarães game, I wanted to, to see if I could if I could if I could attempt something here. Opa. In, in terms of um, Dave, prepare in, yourself. In terms of of uh, the uh, outside the lines, uh, Benfica club life, if you will. Uh, so I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with uh, the general assemblies and the rules and all that, but I'm going to try to explain it. Um, as as simply and as as clear as uh, as I can, uh, right? <laughs> so I don't I don't know exactly what happened to Cristiano, but he's got a, a number one next That's to his That's his face. one vote, maybe at the uh, the assembly. <laughs> That's his vote. <laughs> I, <laughs> so anyway, um, so uh, first let's establish something. General assemblies could be announced or could be scheduled by the club extraordinary general assemblies are assemblies that are requested by the fans so the ruling for that is that um the fans have to get together a certain number of signatures present presented to the directive and as long as all the prerequisites are filled in terms of um you know all the statutes and the the uh, the signatures required then it, the 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 directive will schedule one so the directive did schedule one for this past friday so before so a week uh, a week ago tomorrow as we record this um, and the points was really something that uh, o Movimento Servido Benfica brought up in terms of let's get regu- rules and regulations for the next uh, election. So those were the points. So it, uh, Benfica, you know, scheduled it. The fans showed up. And also there, there's there's um, a very particular rule uh, and prerequisite. If you put in the number of signatures, you got to have a certain percentage of those signature of those sausage that signed a paper you got to have a certain percentage that's there if that percentage is is not met a lot of or, or a lot of all the sausage on that the, the the signing sheet that didn't show up they could lose some privileges to them uh so all the there was there was a huge a huge massive attendance figure uh in terms of the general assembly and all of those prerequisites were um fulfilled however what happened was there was an agenda so point one point two point three point four and one of the points was obviously to vote on the regulation before um that day before the general assembly the directive announced that they would not be voting on the elections regulation which was the main point why they had uh, they had scheduled this gen- extraordinary general assembly so what they ended up voting was on the physical vote and the fans in attendance or the socios in attendance voted um 
to have physical vote in in continental Portugal. So you and I and and everyone probably in this in this in this chat and 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 listening to the podcast that lives outside of Portugal will not be able to vote via the internet. The vote will be a physical vote. Uh, whether it's at the casas, whether it's a state at the stadium, but it will be a physical vote. That was something that was approved and voted by fans. Can the we other, send a pigeon? Since we don't. No, you, can't, you can't, can't send no a pigeon. pigeon. It has to be okay. a physical physical vote. Can they send our <laughs> pins now so we get them in time for the the election? No, uh, no, no not, even, not even close. Not even close, Dave. The other point was um, that was suggested was they wanted to form some kind of an independent committee by Sausage to audit the 2020 elections. I don't know why they need to audit the 2020 elections, but I'm sure they want to see if there's any irregularities that, you know, that 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 shows that Luis Fifiero was uh, elected uh, illegally. Um, so what was also said was that um, the directive also said that they were going to they were going to meet with the movement Servido Benfica go over the, the suggestions for the regulations that they have and then get together and discuss any of that. So apparently they got together on two, Monday or Tuesday. Uh, so they've been going back and forth. And tomorrow, apparently, that's when they're going to be discussing the regulations and the fans are going to vote on that. So that's as simple as I could get this to you. Uh, and I hope that I, I explained it pretty clearly. Uh, but it, it's sometimes it's a, it gets a little muddled, and for a lot of us that are not familiar with the rules and regulations of the club outside, you know, just just playing football, whatever, it it may be a little confusing. So I I just wanted to offer that in terms of uh, an explanation because it, there's been a lot of talk on in the media and in papers about this uh, the general assembly about what what happened, so on and so forth. So I just wanted to get that out there. Lastly, Rui Costa officially announced his candidacy on Tuesday, was it? Yep, Tuesday. He announced his, his candidacy for the uh, elections that are going to take place on the 9th of the upcoming month. Um, also today, two faces that were very prominent uh, in terms of, uh, of Luis Lefiera that, that had been part of Luis Lefiera's directive, um, stepped down and said they would not be part of Rui Costa's uh, list. And they were uh, José Eduardo Muniz and also João Varandas Fernandes, both of them VPs to, uh, to Luis Lefiera. So we have mentioned here in terms of Rui Costa uh, Rui Costa's candidacy and, and what he, he needs to do to kind of clean up a little bit of his image so he is not tied in with the old regime uh, was that he needed to clean some house in terms of the names that were around him. And certainly, I don't know if he said, um, guys, I don't plan on including you. So you could either bow out gracefully or I will just not announce you. So I think that these guys did the first one, uh, ended up ended up stepping down. They wished them all the luck. They they gave them all Rui their support. But but certainly uh, it's a step in the right direction because these two guys were two guys that were heavily associated with Luis Felipe Vieira. Uh, so I think it's a step in the right direction. So um, the plot continues, or or, or the plight continues. 
I don't think that uh, anybody will is going to be able to beat Rui Costa, but certainly he is he took a, a step in the right direction in terms of getting these guys away from from him. So whether it was deliberate or whether he invited them to to leave on their own terms, I don't know. But certainly, uh, I think that a lot of Benfica seeing these guys stepping down are probably happy at this time. Chris. Epa, you're going to get me involved in your Colorado <laughs> over here, bro. Uh, look, I'll say this. <laughs> Ricosta is, is a quick thinker, right? We've seen the maestro on the pitch create and just be a magician with the ball at his feet and orchestrate the or now you know guide and lead the orchestra not orchestra i guess you orchestrate an or- orchestra orchestra right something like you that. conduct the orchestra same thing yeah you conduct the train the or- yeah whatever <laughs> he's a guy that that's quick on his feet with his with his thought process and look i i think he's come to the realization that um a lot of people were unhappy with the current situation at Benfica. A lot of Vietistas have kind of, you know, jumped ship or at least, at the very least, they've, you know, waking up, woken up or whichever the proper term. I think it's woken up. They've woken up to to what's going on at the club and people want answers. They're not content with the current direction the club was, was heading. And I think Ruiz realized that and he knows that in order to make things more transparent and to get people to buy into um, him as the president and obviously to buy into the whole situation with Ricosta leading this club in the future, he'd have to make some major changes. And as you said right now, uh, it's not quite clear whether it was Rui, uh, Rui letting them know that things had to change or if these guys just saw the writing on the wall and, uh, you know, decided to part ways and, you know, before it became embarrassing. So at the end of the day, I think as Bifiquistas, uh, the ones that want to change, the ones that – wanted things to, 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 to be more transparent. We wanted to uh, hope and believe that this club was, was better than what it was and that it was going to finally start heading down the right path. And we a lot of people wanted to see these changes, and I, I think it's a positive sign. Uh, we'll see where this leads. Rui still has to, to name his whole uh, – what do you call it? The people is is, is run. What's what, what is it? Uh, what's what's the proper what's the proper terms? Cabinet, whatever. His the people team, are gonna, yeah, his cabinet. It's, team, it's yeah. cabinet. Yeah, they whoever's gonna be running alongside who's gonna be on his list. Whatever he has to name those guys. And so there's still a lot of work to do here. We're about what three weeks, three and a half weeks before elections. Barely, uh, I think like two. That's what I was gonna ask. Is who's who's running what, up against? What's them? today? Today's the third, twenty uh, third, right? I think the election yeah, is what, the two, and a half, two and a half weeks. The ninth. The ninth. Okay, so two weeks, three weeks, whatever. Who's counting? Uh, but things need to change. And look, this is a step in the right direction. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, seems as if Benfica is alive. I'm glad that they had this assembly in general, the emergency or whatever, which, whatever word they use. You know, they make these things so complicated for retards over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, extraordinary. To me, it's like it's a good thing. Oh, wow. Assembly in extraordinary. That's an extraordinary accomplishment. Like, no, no, no. They're ready to throw chairs. I go, man. <laughs> Not extraordinary. Okay. Uh, you guys need to clarify this for us dummies over here a little bit more because I'm content with these things. And apparently it's it's happening because things aren't well. So I'm, you need to clarify that, guys. Uh, but, yeah, uh, glad to see some changes and we'll see what happens here. Yeah, thank, thanks, uh, Bruno, for reminding me. Yes, uh, Benfica did announce, and I believe it was the day after the assembly, um, that the opposition would be getting airtime on the team's uh, media platforms, whether it's BTV, Jornal do Benfica, or Twitter, they'll be getting 
coverage, uh, unlike they got last year with Vieira, where they practically ignored the election. It was almost, it was almost as if there was no election. Bruno, thank you, by the way. They announced it. We're two weeks away. We haven't seen anything. So, I mean, I could announce whatever. You know what I mean? Like, so... That, that's what my question is. If it, that there's no opposition, yeah, sure. No, we'll, there is. We'll invite there, them is. There, is. there is. There is. No, there, there is. is. There is. Uh, o Servido Benfica. That whole. Yeah, there's like Benitez. 53 guys. I don't know who it but, is. But uh, Vieira's main uh, competitor at the last elections, he's not running this time. Around, right? Yeah. You know, he said no. He apparently he had this big bash. You know, caviar yeah, for everybody, bash. chocolate truffles. Just announced that he was a run-in, so I mean, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, that was very anticlimactic, if you yeah. ask me. Uh, but yeah, and, and again, uh, Bruno, uh, Rui Costa is doing all the right things to attract uh, more love or to even sway guys that are kind of on the fence. And this weekend or on Monday, we saw him in the in his little place where Lee Fieri used to sit, surrounded by old Benfica players. And I think that rather than surrounding you with mafiosos and guys that don't know anything about football, surround yourself with old glories. I don't have a problem with that. I think that's nice. I think that's nice. I think those guys need to be recognized for what they've done for the club. Whether or not they should be in a directive, that's a completely different story because a lot of them don't have the professional experience to to lead a club. But certainly... You want to recognize guys that did well for the club. I think Izaish, for example, is the guy that should be a little bit more recognized. But I think because he was on Nuronio Lopes um, side last time, Vitor he's Paneda. kind of been forgotten. If, Vitor you mentioned, is you mentioned that guy. If there's a guy that bleeds Benfica, a guy that puts his name and gets the crowd riled up. I see Carlos says, you know, he thinks about Xavier should become a staple at home games. We need that brand. Look, if this was a fashion show, I'd absolutely be all in favor. This is a football club at the end of the day. And you need that rasa. And if there's somebody I want on the sidelines with the microphone in his mouth, as opposed to that sporting East that's going around and, you know, oh, fly, you go fly, whatever the hell he's doing out there. Bring Vitor Pineda before the games to get the crowd lining up. I think <laughs> it, it's a great thing. I, I, I think at the very least, Alfred, all jokes aside now, when the club, uh, whichever club it is, but when clubs have their former players in the building, they have these guys, they welcome them into the building, have these guys at games, have these guys around the players. I think it sends a message of unity, sends a message that this club is not going to forget about. It, it's also, I believe, having players around – it's going to resonate to players on the outside. A message is going to get around. If you're contemplating and you're weighing your options, do I go to Benfica? Do I go to whatever whatever team it is that's competing at the time for their you know their signature? You look at that, you see, wow, this team really embraces their players. Look, these guys, you know, they're they're they're, they're legends on the field. They're legends off the field. They're going to be around. Look, I want to be a part of something like that. Maybe it's sway. It's corny, right? But maybe it sways a player in signing for Benfica, right? Over choosing a club that really doesn't. Do anything. Basically, a club that's done what Benfica's done over the last twenty years, which is ignore their their their, their you know former glories. So I, I think it's good to see. Um, I'm glad that Ricard has done that. But look, at the end of the day, I want somebody making the decisions that knows what the hell they're doing. I, I appreciate what you did for the club on the field, but that to me is not enough. It's good to see. I'm glad that these guys are back in the building, but I I, I need the right brains to go ahead and make some of these decisions because where this club has been over the last you know. Um, let's go 30 years. It's been an absolute joke. This club needs to go in the right direction and con 
keep this sustain, you know, sustainability for the long run. And so, uh, Rui and everybody else, whoever the hell is running this club, um, do you know, do the right thing. I'm trying to read it at the same time and talk. But yeah, Elizil, get Elizil on his in, in his Vispa, running around, driving around the field, and then give Bubba on the mic. I mean, I'm telling you, it's gonna be like it's gonna be a can't miss event. Dude, I would I would trade Eliseo doing donuts on a Vispa in a center circle over the cheerleaders any day. Maybe we could have him like a little evil Knievel stunts. Hey, be easy on the cheerleaders, man. Every, everybody, everybody cracks on the cheerleaders, but you know, I just thought, I they're don't, easy I, on the eye, bro. You know I don't, what I'm saying? I don't they're think they're easy on the eye. Jeez, they, they I sure might need are. some glasses. <laughs> they sure are, nice. but uh, nice. I I I think that. There's no place in football for cheerleaders. That's come on. At least, at least have you not seen the Dallas Cowboys and the, the well, Oakland that's Raiders? American, American football. That's completely different. Oh, you mean in soccer? In soccer? In, in soccer? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but yeah. Look, I think if we win, we'll, we'll take cheerleaders. We don't care. At the end of the day, who's going to remember cheerleaders at halftime as long as we're winning 5-0? Now when we're losing, everything is going to irritate the crap out of us. And, you know, they're like, ah, by the cheerleaders. But there's a lot of guys that – a lot of guys and, and, and gals that, that yeah. actually appreciate the cheerleaders. So, yeah, credit to the cheerleaders. Keep it up, whatever the hell you're doing. I don't know what the hell you're doing, but keep it up. And, look, that just uh, keep bringing the good uh, luck to this team. I wanted to uh, throw up a couple uh, Mo comments here before we move on to Guimarães. Um, yeah, he's, he asks, you think uh, we now have more muscle with Maite, Valentino, and Otamendi that we can at least not get bullied by Bayern and be forceful uh, with, uh, with Fekepe? Uh, look, I think that Fekepe uh, is, is a cultural thing. So it's you might have – you could have all the muscle on a team, but if you don't have the mentality and if you don't have the culture, it's not, it's not going to oh, do you that. much. You could have all the muscle on the team, Alfredo, but two of those three are on the bench. So it- <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. But, yeah, I mean, Mo, you, you, you're right. I, I think when you look at those guys, they, they bring a more physical presence. It's, you know, more intimidating. But, again, Alfredo, say so you got to have that right attitude because you can have an absolute monster 6'8", whatever, but if he's, you know, softy on the inside, it don't matter. It's about your rasa. It's about what you're willing to do out there on the field. And and it, I totally agree with you, Alfredo. It's an attitude. It's you got to bring that all the time. And, you know, maybe those guys have it. We sure as hell know Otamendi has it. And so if these guys just follow his lead, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, no, and he also mentions that with Barca being vulnerable, we are really going to regret those points we left in Kiev. Yeah, that was something that we uh, that we spoke about, that uh, we could have gotten those three points in Kiev, came back to uh, to play Barca. Let's say you, you take you take at least a point. We came if, mighty close to not even get one. So I mean, yo, <laughs> slow down. But, but against Barca, let's 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 say we we take at least a point from Barca. Now we're we're four points, right? Barca no. has won. We four. have four. Yeah, if we won, Two, bro. If we would have won in Kiev. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. If we okay. won in Kiev. We now have four points. Barca has one point, right? And we're in a good position. Look, right? I don't know if I said this on the last pod, but as much as you want to criticize leaving two points on the table in Kiev. I just I, I don't know if I mentioned it and if I did I'm pretty sure I wasn't too confident because I don't remember the stat but I I, I don't remember the, the longevity the period of it but I know that if I'm not mistaken there's only been two clubs in the Champions that have gone there over the last whatever it was so many years that, that have gotten a result on Kiev which was Barcelona and Juventus I believe if I'm not mistaken so when you take that into account I mean getting a draw you know it wasn't the worst of results now when you're Benfica and Benficistas and you're looking on paper and you see Bayern Munich. I'll name, right? Name was Bayern Munich. 
Well, those guys are deserving name and everything, but you know what I mean. Barcelona, just name, just name, just name. And then Kiev, you're like, oh, bro, Kiev, you know. And so you're disappointed in those terms. But, you know, look, they play well at home. We got lucky to get out of there ultimately with a point in, in the end. And I'll say this. I've said it. To the, you know, I'm going to keep repeating it until we actually play them, which is um, if there was ever a time you want to play Barcelona, this is it. I mean, this is quite possibly the worst Barcelona uh, going back to to, to preview the prior to, to Rijkaard get in there. This is like the Ricardo Quaresma years, Simon Sabrosa years. This is bad. This yeah. is really bad. So, no, um, it's- I, I agree with uh, with uh, Oscar Catacuara Cardoso. Uh, that, yeah, I, I think that uh, losing to Bayern, I think it's something that's expected, even though we're going to try to do our best at study to lose, right? But it, it wouldn't surprise me if there's three or four. I think that Bayern right now are probably the top team in the, wor- in the world. I, I don't see any other team that... that that Tash compares loop, to man. Bayern right now. Well, well, name me one. Sporting Bayern. <laughs> <laughs> you act to Maluk. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, but uh, it was something that we said that those those three points that we didn't get in Kiev is something that's going to come back and bite us in the ass, and we're really going to need them when it's all said and done. Look, man, we know for sure. <laughs> Ronald Coleman, who's, who's been on a hot seat at Benfica, my, he's on a hot seat at Barcelona right now. So we know the team, if if the team, if the players like him, they're going to do their very best to, to keep the guy around. <laughs> I don't think around. they're liking him too much. They might not, but, you know, Memphis Dupay, who, who might very well be their best player. He likes him. He brought him over. He's a fellow Dutchman. Or what do you call him? Now the, the lower countries or whatever the hell you call him, Pays Vashus. Uh, the Netherlands. You know, that, I, but they're still Dutch. It's still Dutch. You can't no, call but, but you ne- can't call him Holanda no more. Important. Yeah, you, you, you call him the Netherlands. What? So Netherlands means Pays Bash? I think so. I don't know. No, isn't it like lower countries? What's the Netherlands? Well, that's that's the literal transa- translation from Portuguese. Oh, so but Netherlands it, in English means Nether- yeah. Netherlands. Yeah. See, Netherlands. Here's a, here's a problem, ladies and gentlemen. English is my second language, but I didn't, you know, I couldn't perfect my first language, so. Hence why I'm having difficulty here now with both languages. But, uh, okay, so Netherlands means Pays Bash. Yeah, do we have anybody that was part of the UN Assembly that could explain this trans- name transition to us? Look, I-, I just wanted to say, Alfredo, you and Dave were criticized as cheerleaders. And as I said, there's there's people that like it. Look at our comment box here. A lot of people like them Nina's Lindas. Leave it alone, bro. The Chicas are doing their thing. <laughs> Look, I'm not complaining. But I much rather have Eliseo doing donuts in the center circle. I mean, look, the one thing is when every time we see Eliseo doing donuts, it's because we won a trophy. So I mean, I agree with you. Let's get Eliseo running his Vespa, running, riding his Vespa. <laughs> Did he even retire? They didn't even announce if the guy retired. Yeah, he oh, you, you retired. You retired. <laughs> he looked like he retired. He, he, he went did. out on top, dude. He went out on top. You went out on top. So. Anyway. Oh, look, Mo, Mo teaching that nether means lower. Okay. I nether. didn't know that uh, that Mo was... Be uh, neither. I see neither, nether. Yeah, whatever. Hey, that's fine. Yeah. We're learning. This is the beautiful thing about the Big podcast, ladies You learn a whole bunch of nothing in between some good things here, you know? Like nether, nothing. I mean, nether means vice, lower. Okay. No. <laughs> that's news to me. But I, I'll, I'll believe Mo because he... This is a man that travels the, the, the world. He's like Julius Verne. He loves to travel the world. 
Jamal uh, knows all about Bayes Bosch, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Benfica will play Guimarães in a, in a tough game, traveling up to uh, do, do Don Afonso Henriques this Saturday, 6 p.m. local. Uh, Dave, what's uh, Guimarães up to? Uh, this year they're in 10th. Uh, position with seven points from their first six uh, games. One win, four draws, one defeat. As mentioned earlier, they've only conceded three goals uh, all uh, all season through the first six games of the uh, season, so strong uh, defensively. Uh, historically, 122 wins, 28 draws, 28 defeats. And the record as of uh, lately has been positive against them. Last time uh, we failed to uh, beat Guimarães was in uh, 2012 uh, Tasa final. I believe that was Cardoso's uh, last game. Uh, so uh, the span uh, since that loss is 18 wins and uh, four draws. Yo, here's a, here's a situation. A lot of times, and they say now this happens a lot in social media, which is you just read the headlines and you don't actually click and read the whole story. But I should have should have clicked it so so I could actually talk about it. But I saw on, on, on record, I believe, that it said that Porto's game and Benfica's games in Minho are in danger of not happening or something like that. I didn't click on it. But did you guys hear anything about that? Yeah, because uh, Guimarães fans uh, have uh, have a special way to behave. Uh, the so White they, Angels, whatever. <laughs> so that there's been um, there's been quite a few uh, situations where they've gotten in in, in trouble for, uh, especially when they play Braga. But so is uh, they're they're well, an interesting bunch of fans. They had the whole Marega incident too. Uh, yeah, that's that right. A year back too, right? Yeah, but what's that got to do with uh, what I, I I see what you're saying, Alfredo. But why then is the Porto's game in Minho in danger because of Guimarães? I'm conf- where's the correlation between the two? That's what I don't. Know. I should have clicked on the link because it, it. I don't know either. I didn't see the link, but it might be at a time where maybe sure. they're investigating some kind of an incident, and it may fall on the we'll fact that they will uh, they will suspend the game or they won't allow them to play at home uh, for that game, as we no, know. Fredo. The league has a very uh, has a weird timing of announcing things, as you know. This is this is their their punishment for the Merega thing that happened two years ago. You know, like how <laughs> Ted Up just got suspended, right? This is yep. the suspension uh, that they're handing down. And, and Alfredo, 50, as I go ahead, Chris. As I look this up, man, I, I can't help but think to myself: only if we had a stack guy to look these things up, bro. We just we gotta get one. <laughs> Oh, my bad. Dave, my bad. I said that out loud. Dave, that, that guy, not the article yeah, I know. That's why I said guy. Here we go. Agenda Esportiva. Benfica e Porto em risco no Minho. Os dois candidatos viajam até ao Minho. Os Lisboetas e os Vistores. Fortíssimos de Vicente. No fim de semana de jogo, grande cartaz, Inglaterra. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll keep reading this. I'll see what the hell this has to do with it. But go ahead. I figured it'd be like an explanation. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, look. It's always a, it's always a tough game in, uh, in Guimarães for... Um, for, for Benfica, and I don't expect uh, this one to be any um, any different. And as Mo says, let's not overlook Guimarães. And as you know, Barca comes up um, next Wednesday, or this upcoming Wednesday, so after the Guimarães game. And we definitely can't overlook this Guimarães game uh, because it's important that we continue on the same momentum that we've had so far uh, in terms of what we've been able to do domestically and also heading into a period where Benfica will be very, very busy playing between Europe, between uh, domestic uh, competitions. They will be very, very busy. So it's important that we keep on the same um, momentum. 
You know um, what else is important, Alfredo? What? That you pay attention in school because obviously I didn't do that. So basically, what this means is it, Benfica Porto em risco. So I guess they're at risk. I guess they're going to visit tough opposition. Was it? Oh, it's clickbait. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I guess. I guess they're just they're in danger. You know, they're going to tough. Cristiano, uh, you're road. a sucker. You fell for that clickbait. You just so much the... so that I came on. I mean, see, I should have paid attention in school. Yeah. Caburro. Now, uh, Bruno Rodrigues is. Uh, it brings up something that that's happened uh, this week. Was announced that. Uh, that apparently Porto sold some players oh, yeah, to, to yeah. Guimarães or, or by the way Guima- I'm friend I'm really to, good for friends 15 with fifteen million I don't know man yeah I saw that uh, at first it was two players then they announced it was four I'm really Let's- good friends with a Bruno Rodrigues but he's a Sportingista I don't know if it's him oh Bruno welcome I hope he, I'll give you a shirt <laughs> but uh yeah I mean they sold no, Bruno's in Australia if I'm not mistaken okay then it's not the Bruno Rodrigues I know unless he moved and he didn't tell me about it. uh. This is one of those manipulation for the financial fair play circumvention of things. And apparently this is very common uh, in Portugal. As long as it's not Benfica, everything else is a go. It's only <laughs> a problem when it's Benfica. And apparently Sporting and, and Porto had a similar deal between each other when they traded some uh, some players to the B team also. I don't I forget, but this that was on this week's papers. And Ebola had a, had a, had a cover actually just today on on the topic so but like Cristiano says if it's um if if it's if it's Benfica is uh, everybody's alarmed and uh, everybody's up in arms but uh, yeah Alfredo you got to you, you you just you just missed it just by an inch oh He's Benfica Montreal. Montreal it was close Australia Montreal a lot of kangaroos <laughs> jumping around both I mean it's it's close but I, I totally understand how you mixed it all up <laughs> Hey, congratulations to my my uh, my Canadian friends for uh, electing uh, Trudeau. Nice, that's nice of you guys. He got reelected. That. Yeah, but, but he lost he lost power. But he lost some power within the the, the Senate. Dave, explain that for us. It was just a waste of uh, an election. Not that I uh, I guess everybody has their fair right to to vote, but he went into the election I think with 158 seats, and he came out of the election with. 158 seats so he's still and you need 170 seats for a, a majority government so let me correct you there dave i know nothing about canadian politics but <laughs> when you said everybody has the right to vote let me correct you everyone but benfiquistas <laughs> we gotta be present or else you don't have the right to vote but, yeah, but you know what's funny Cristiano? is that huh? when the the u.s elections were going on i saw more opinions from canadians Canadian expert <laughs> they come out of the woodworks <laughs> And then they didn't show up for their own elections. Huh? This, this, this is what I'm getting. No. Yeah. Well, but we're not here to discuss politics. We're here to to uh, to talk with Figa. Let's. Uh, if anybody has any questions, just throw them up, and we'll um, we'll, we'll get them up. Chico Morslinu, he's asking if you're going for the Gil Diaz look. Yeah, if that means not shaving in a couple of weeks, yeah, for sure, I'm going for the Gil Diaz look. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, Alfredo, I'm glad we're doing this. I just want a big shout out. And, and I need to mention this because I'm glad I, 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 in the middle of me thinking of all this crap in my head, I, I just remember something as well. But I was going to say, I'm glad we're doing this, this Facebook, uh, YouTubers and Twitters, whatever, whatever we're doing live. It's I love this interaction. I'm glad that you guys are on board. We need to get a couple more of you guys in here involved in this conversation because to me, this is more fun reading these comments. And actually, and I love the two of you, but, uh, uh, you know, aside from the Canadian politics, this is my my favorite thing on the show so far which is you know reading these messages but that led me to my next thought which was on the last podcast i mentioned Bifika fm and how they call them guys thoughts 
And I said, if you guys are listening, you know, shout us out, whatever. And our boy, our brother, Antonio, the only mother, Pita, uh, came up with a suggestion on, on, on Twitter. He said, you know, due to the fact that we're in North America, not Canada, we don't leave that to you, just our side of North America. Um, <laughs> he, he had a suggestion. He said, you know, you have the Zacks for Zach Thornton or the Freddies. I opted to. Oh. Freddie Adu. I, I was going to call him the Adus or whatever, but then that could get confusing. So I just I decided on Freddie's. But it is, you know, a three-team thing here. So my vote goes for Freddie. Dave? Well, I'm not going to the final gotta, decision gotta for represent, you. I got to represent Canada. We got to either do RoboCop or something with Fernando Aguiar. No, no, no. But no, I would be on board with... <laughs> You got two options. Zach's or Freddie's, Dave? Which one? I'll go I with like Zach. I like the Zach. I, I like the uh, I, I do uh, but Freddie. No, we can't see. Here's the reason, and the I don't want to sway. I don't want to. I don't want to sway you guys. You, you guys vote here, right? But I decided on Freddie because this great, beautiful, ginormous, and anybody's been in my studio knows how big this is. I mean, it's just big size. Uh, ginormous stadium is already named after Zach Thornton. He's already got that honor, Zach Torto. We just haven't had the privilege of interviewing him, but we will one day, and we're going to tell him we named our studio after Zach Torto. So I think because he's gotten that great honor, we need to to rec you know, recognize Freddie a little bit. So that's why I voted for Freddie. But it's a three-team um, membership here. So uh, you guys, uh, I'm afraid I was going to leave for you in case he picked Zach. You're going to be the decide. Being the fact that you came up with this big shebang, you know, I figure you'd be the final vote. So. I, I got to Dave, but if he picks Freddie, I think I'll your opinion don't matter, brother. <laughs> oh, you didn't have much thought, but uh, you're I'm silent happy with Freddie's. The Freddie's, yeah. what's going on, Freddie's? Opa, welcome to all the Freddie's in the chat. What it means the Freddie's have a nice ring to it, okay, Dave? CR, uh, Peter, by the way, good looking, bro. Thank you, love you guys. Yeah, let's get into uh, some questions. Shiku Morslina, what do you guys think about Darwin playing in Everton's position? Shiku, it's too bad that you got here late because... Oh, he was here at the beginning. But he was, was here at the, the beginning. That was, no, that was the first topic that we discussed. As but we he was saying hi to Chris That's what beginning. I'm saying. He was saying hi to... That's why he was here on the chat. Maybe yeah. he was listening to it on mute or something. I don't know. He just wanted to see our pretty faces. I don't yeah. know. But no, Shiku... Shiku is like, uh, is in, you know, in danger of, of, of repeating uh, myself. So obviously, it's been working. But one, the one thing that Darwin offers is more verticality and physicality. So he's able to attack the space between uh, or between the center back and the full back as well as the space between um, behind the defense. While Everton is a guy that likes to combine and com likes to come more uh, into the middle. Now, the, the, the biggest thing is the dynamic between... Uh, Darwin and Yaramchuk, because if Yaramchuk does what Darwin does on the left, now Darwin is a presence in a box. Uh, he may not be as effective as Yaramchuk in, a, in, a, in the middle of the box, but certainly with the one goal that uh, we got against Bovista's first goal, it it worked. So Yaramchuk went to get the ball to the right, got it back to Gonçalves. Gonçalves had a nice service in, and Darwin put it away. But that's the type of verticality and physicality that we need to bang bodies against these defenders and be able to retain that ball and not lose that ball so, so yeah great question but that's uh that was what we uh what we discussed let's see what else we got here uh oscar taquara cardoso your predictions for a match against vitória de guimarães dave i'm gonna go two nil for benfica chris i was trying to 
think. Remember that skit that dude on Befica TV, like Trezer. Well, I forgot. I forgot oh, the result, but that's what was uh, No, he was just screaming, he's going nuts. It was like some crazy prediction, like nine zero. I don't know, some crazy shit. But that's what I was. I was trying to search for that in my brain, but I just I'm, I'm having a little setback. So, um, I say three one. Let's take the nice positive round number. Let's be consistent. Three one. I like to keep a clean sheet, but we'll see. Yeah. Alpha well, Smith will probably be back from one of his seven red cards here early on in the season. Uh, <laughs> he's obviously on the transfer, maybe, not alone. So it'll be maybe, interesting. Maybe uh, Varello make an appearance too, Varello. and uh, let us a Frangu. He's not even the starter. No, he's he's hurt, I think, or he's not starting. I don't know. He's not. I haven't. They watched got the... some uh, young uh, Czech goalie that they've uh, been playing. Wow, what a surprise! Varela lost the spot. I did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, for me, I look. Benfica scored sixteen goals and is only allowed uh, three. So I think that we're going to continue on that stinginess in the defense. I think two nothing for Benfica. Uh, Cristiano, I'll let you take this one for Mo. <laughs> Thoughts on Vlakodimir's play so far and about Murato? The best, the best. That's really the best. I mean, give this guy a lifetime contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I think that... Uh, that Varela signed with Porto B. Oh, that's the other Varela, but we're talking... <laughs> yeah, 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 that's the other, that's the other Varela. Uh, he's actually been practicing with the with the main squad. Credit to him for keep, you know keeping things professional at this point. But no, that's not the Varela we're talking about, uh, Nelson. We talk about the Varela. That was our goalkeeper that gave the pito against Boavista and ultimately lost us the title. That one guy that you do not want to remember. Good job, by the way, for not remembering. But yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. No, I I think that uh, as I mentioned, Vlakodim has cemented his place, and I I think Morato has been a pleasant surprise because there hasn't been much of a drop off when he has to come in for Verissim or Vertonghen. He's done well. I mean, he hasn't done super duper duper well, but for a young kid. <laughs> How many uh, and, and when you're com- when you're competing against, I don't know if you call them three beasts or three monsters, right? In terms of center backs, because I I, I really think that uh, Benfica probably has the best center backs in in Portugal right now. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. I think but the sir- best center back in Portugal is still the old man Pep, but I think the combination, right? When you yeah. stack them up, yeah, Benfica I think has. Uh, I think Mifika has the the best uh, when you you know the best options, the best collection of center backs. And yes, Morato, I think he's been a pleasant surprise. Yeah, absolutely. What else? What else? Uh, what else? Let's see what else we got. We got Here's one from Chico Marcelino. Um, what is the best sub for João Mario? Tarab Jets and Maite, or maybe Bernardo? Oh, that's a tough one. You know, Cristiano's gonna say. I think for me is, you know, I, I like Jetson. And I, I've been impressed by how Jetson has evolved uh, during his loan stints at, a, at other clubs. But, uh, and I think last time he came in for, for João Mario, I thought he played well. Tarapt, he did against Santa Clara. He played well. I got to yeah, give him his due. Tarapt was good when we didn't have João Mario. But now that we have João Mario and understanding 
how well João Mario is able to hold the ball and not lose the ball while Tarapt often lost the ball. And, and you got to understand, Tarapt is not an eight. Tarapt is a guy that plays behind the forward. So when he gets the ball, he's always going to be looking for that risky pass. He's always going to be looking for that dribble. And it's something that João Mario doesn't do. João Mario likes, plays it simple, looks for the little pockets of space, toe poke here and there. Square pass just to get rid of the pressure on him. Much different than Tarapt. I still can't believe we're having these conversations about Tarapt and João Mario. As much as I love Tarapt, in this system, it makes no sense to play Tarapt because you need to be a lot more responsible in the middle of the park than a Tarapt is. So, therefore, it's not a knock on Tarapt. I mean, it's an easy choice. It's going to be João Mario. Uh, Tarapt is is a guy, as you mentioned, needs to play up the field a little bit more. And so, to me, it's, he's not even – when you talk about who's the best sub, I don't even consider him at this point because you do have the the Maytes of the world, the Jetsons of the world. You have other options. I think guys that give Benfica more assurances in the middle of the park than an Adela Tarapt does at this point. Yeah. Um, should Benfica go all in attack against Barca? I think that despite Barca's uh, form, we need to be very careful. I mean, look, they still have very good. Let's let's not act like Barca all of a sudden is, you know, a team that that that, that couldn't compete uh, in the Benfica yeah. first division. We're still, still talking about plenty of talent. We still, we still got plenty of talent. They still have a few. Uh, players that are very high-level players. These guys are all national team, internationals, guys that have been there. Yeah, things aren't going well for them right now. Um, and so I, I think Benfica definitely has an opportunity here to to, to, to send a message and, and come away with the three points. But at the same time, I think Benfica comes away with a draw, you'd be just as content. Obviously, um, you know, Benfica has as a very tough matchup coming up and games against Barcelona are never easy, but yeah, right now things aren't going well for Barcelona. And I, I think we shouldn't get carried away and expect me if we could go all out attack against a team like Barcelona with the quality of players that they have, because that could be very dangerous. I think JJ is going to, um, you know, face this game uh, cautiously. I think the game's at style to lose. Uh, Barca is going to be looking to send a message themselves because as we stated before, uh, you know, they, they've not gotten the results. They have to come up, with the result in a game like this in the Champions League, you know, albeit that it's not against a mighty powerful Benfica of the old days, it's still a Champions League game. And hopefully that could buy the coaching staff and a lot of the players sometimes. So they're going to want to send a message. It's going to be a very entertaining game and we'll see what happens. I mean, I think Benfica has everything um, in their favor that they could absolutely come away with a positive result. Just like I think if Barcelona comes away with a with a victory at the start of the lose, it's, it's not the end of the world for Benfica. It's going to be disappointing. But it's still Barcelona with, uh, you know, fantastic players on their roster. They don't have the Messis. Uh, they don't have the Griezmanns and the Suarez's, but they still got very good players on that team. Yeah. Uh, Chico Marcelino is asking, at this point, what is the picking order in our stack running right back position? Dave, I'll let you go first. I'll go from bottom up. Double uh, A as our fourth option, I rate. Uh, from there... Double hmm. A, double A. I know, I know. As our no, first, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going from bottom. Going from the bottom. I'm going from the bottom up. Uh, then I would put Diogo Gonçalves, uh, then uh, Gilberto, and then uh, Loratu or Lazaru, not Loratu. It's a mix of Moratu <laughs> and Lazaru. So uh, Lazaru as uh, our number one there. Yeah. Um... 
to be honest, I haven't seen much of Lazaro. I know that he played uh, a whole half against Boavista. He had one cross there that was very nice for a header that the goalie uh, saved. I would like to see more of him. For me right now, it's it, it's Gonçalves, it's um, Lazaro, it's uh, Gilberto Carlos, and uh, André Almeida. Chris? I, I, look, I I, I want to go Lazaro first, but as you said, and rightfully so, we haven't seen enough from the guy, and it's going to take him a little time to adapt. Uh, so right now, I think by default, it's it's Gonzalez. Uh, Gilberto Carlos, in my book, that dude's just he's, he's he's reached legend status for me just because <laughs> of that picture we've seen going around social media. Uh, my man's a class act. I mean, he's phenomenal. But dude's a model off the pitch. Uh, I put him uh, second. Or, you know, Lazaro, Gonçalves, but since whatever. So I put Gonçalves, Lazaro, and Gilberto. And then Almeida, who's still making his way back from uh, his knee injury, missed all of last season. Not all, but most of last season due to his knee injury. So right now he's, uh, you know, last on the pecking order. He's back injured now too, isn't he? Yeah, he yeah. pulled a muscle or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it, him and uh, Gonçalves are hurt. So it's a good thing that we have uh, – 15 uh, right backs to play. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Tiago's asking uh, when are you going to wear the Borat swimsuit. I, and I think the Why deal would was, I? The, Why would the deal I? was if we sold Varela for 15 or above, that he would wear it. I, and then I actually, I think I actually changed. I said to anything even close. It didn't even need to come close. So, I mean, if anything, you guys, you Tiago, you should be wearing a Borat suit. Because if you <laughs> actually believe you leave for 15 million. <laughs> Uh, says they're saying you think that uh, Justin could go up uh, to third choice in the middle. Now that we see Maite looks like it doesn't count much for JJ and Tarap is implying. Yeah, I, I, for me, Maite has been a little bit of uh, of disappointment. Tarap has been suspended, but he will come back hungry. But I think that, uh, as I mentioned, Jetson has surprised me. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Maite has been a disappointment, Alfredo. I think it's more due to how Vigo has been playing of late. I think he wants to play Maite at that more defensive role, um, and that's the guy he's really battling with for, for playing time. And, and Vigo, you know, he's played really well here. And so I think you can only fit one of those guys, and right now Vigo's got that position. So um, I don't think it's a knock on on, on, on Maite. He needs to – look, he's got to Portugal, needs to adapt as well. I believe he's one of – Right, I think JJ mentioned something last week about Yaramchuk and and uh, might have been might have a few guys that don't speak Portuguese or whatever, right? And so he's he's having a difficulty. He has to make that adjustment. Yeah. But again, I don't think it's due to the fact that he hasn't. You know, it's not because of the way he's playing. I think it's more due to to, to credit for for Vigo early on here in the season. Yeah. And let's not forget also that uh, that position is a position that JJ asks a lot of, and it takes a lot for you to grasp what he wants from that position. And as Chris mentioned, a guy that doesn't speak the language, it's going to take me, take him a little longer. So far, he hasn't impressed me, but hey, uh, he's still a guy that needs to be counted. Uh, Mo is asking who's been the biggest engine, Rafa or Jomario. Jomario has been, uh, both of them have, have been have been really good for Benfica this early on. I think that we all know that Rafa will have that, that cool-off period. Uh, Jomario... He's a guy from what I can remember. Is a guy that's that's always a little bit very 
he's always very regular throughout the season. Uh, so I'm hoping that uh, he continues, and when he does go down, I hope that Benfica doesn't um, doesn't suffer a lot from from his, him going out. It's Rafa, pa, Rafa, Rafa, Rafa. Benfica goes as Rafa goes. Yeah. Um, did Gabriel get loaned to a club in the Middle East? Yeah, the the word is that uh, possibly Qatar, but uh, we don't know yet if it's. And it wasn't be even going to be a loan. He was going to rescind his contract. He's right? going to rescind Apparently. his contract. So I don't think that. And as uh, as Tiago says here, not at least until the January transfer window. So I don't know what the rules Why, that, are in the Middle East. They're still open over there. The Middle East still yeah. open. So, like, just think about it. James Rodriguez signed today in Qatar. So the window over there yeah, for at true. least for free agent players. That's why free agent. Yeah. That's why they're talking about rescinding the contract, not alone, because obviously alone you probably have to wait. I don't. And I should know this. This is a bad job on my part. But uh, you know, I'm pretty sure as a free agent, could sign, you could sign with with the club. So. Um, there's still there's still that possibility. I know that he was very close, and this is uh, not not public, but um, I know he's very close to going to Fenerbahce, if I'm not mistaken. They had everything um, sorted out with the club on loan, but he didn't want to go to Turkey. He didn't want to take the pay cut or whatever it was, and uh, ultimately uh, that loan and then that transaction between the two clubs fell apart. But uh, yeah, he's he's not making things easy. That's for sure. Yeah, he doesn't See, want to go to Turkey, but he'll go to Qatar. Yeah, it makes no sense because now I think I think now Dave, there's at the time I guess he still had hope that there was other options that would be presented, and right now it's just like, all right, bro, you're gonna sit, you know, play in Lisbon with the pigeons or you know, <laughs> go, go play somewhere else. You ain't playing with the Aggies, so yeah, it's one of no, those. Uh, and uh, now that you mentioned Lisbon and the pigeons, and it reminded me of him working out by himself at uh, Seychelles. Seychelles, who was celebrated its 15 year of existence this week. Um, Chico Marcelino says, From what you've seen, uh, you think Yarmchuk is an improvement over Vinicius? I don't. I, early signs I'm, are encouraged, but hard to say if he'll be an improvement over Vinicius. And I think that if he grabs the Pichichi, as Cristiano likes to call uh, the, the best scorer's award, I think he's definitely an improvement. But until then, I think he still has a... Then we need to soap a mid. Look, he's... Uh, even though it's it's early, uh, I think in the box, he's a better finisher than a Vinicius. Yeah. But as you mentioned, but as you mentioned, Vinicius... Not that Vinicius is anything spectacular outside the box neither, but it, look, he took the crown that one year, so until this guy matches that, you know, I think Vinicius uh, deserves his due credit, and we'll see. I'm excited to see what the arm chucks of the world could do, but um, it's early. He has to adapt, and he's looked good in some games. In other games, he hasn't looked so good, but uh, I think his, his quality is there. So it's about getting them involved. It's about getting them the right service into the box. Um, you know, it's I'm excited yeah. for a guy like this. I think he has better. I think he has better feet than Vinicius, to be honest with you. And he's as Cristiano mentioned, he's a better finisher. Uh, Cesar, Cesar is saying, should we borrow, uh, should we loan Hamush in the winter to get more game time? No. Seferovic is hurt. He's going to be out of, going to be out a few weeks. I, it's a long season. There's a lot of competitions. I think that, uh, Gonzalo Hamush needs to be there. I would, I'll loan him and I'll tell you, you why. Loan him out? I'll tell you why. Cause 
we have realistically, if you look at the way we play, we play with one striker up top. I know we talked about Darwin and coming in and the Yaramchenko movements and bringing another guy into the box and yada, yada, yada. But I think Mifika has plenty of options that they could live with four strikers if everything gets right. I think that's what's crucial. Every- and what's the other guy? I can't. I- I- and I apologize to the Benficas around the world. You must be thinking I'm some Fugazi Benficista, but I can never think of this guy's name. Radonovich, whatever. What's my man's name? Radonjic. Yeah. It was close. That he's guy. Cl- he's hurt too. Redondo. I know. But if he gets right and you have a guy like Everton get right, it's going to be one less spot, let's just say, for, you know, for right now, for Darwin. You're going to have four guys battling it out for one position. So I think if you loan out a Gonzalo Rums to get more experience, I think we could survive that. We'll be okay. Yeah, but you, you could also see what J.J. was trying to do because at first he was playing Gonzalo, he was deploying Gonzalo Ramos in that Darwin position. But, dude, he was the only one that was healthy out. at the time. Sverovic was out, tired right. because of the Euros. Pinu played and got hurt right away. Yarmchuk wasn't here yet. Vinicius was, but they weren't playing him because they weren't counting on him. So it was like he was the only option. He had no choice but to play him at the time. Alfredo? No. Yeah. Yeah, no, Chico Marcelino is saying, do you fear that we might lose Gonzalo Ramos' clinical finish, finishing qualities if he hey. leaves the box too much to play with his mates? And that seems is what JJ wants him to do. Uh, I do think that Gonzalo Ramos is a lot better playing in the box than um, than outside the box. But if, as you heard Cristiano here and Dave say, you got to put away those chances, man, because if you don't put away those chances, you're going to be – he's going to be – Left left behind. And Davey, I know Radonovich is not Radonjic, whatever. Radonjic. I know Radonjic is not a is not a straight a forward. I, I, if he plays in that three four three, he's playing on the outside. I didn't say he's a forward. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, Darwin right now, obviously, he's he's look, he's scoring goals, right? <laughs> he's he's our best uh, left winger for sure, especially if he keeps playing this way. <laughs> but, I, but look, but Benfica needs to figure this out with Everton. Dave, I'll let you take this one. Uh, Chico Marcelino says, if Grimaldo's not available, we should play the left-back position in Champions League. Who do we have? Who, are we putting a, a double A? Dave, you're, one the, on that you're, left? you're the stats, dude. You should know this. Uh, yeah, but I'm the numbers guy, not on the uh, the depth chart here. Who, who do we have there in that uh, position? Unless we've got some... B team uh, player registered to make the numbers work. But here's the thing: we don't Lazar really. Can play on the left. But that's why I was gonna say we don't really play when we play in a three four three. We don't really play with a left back in the old school way of tradition of four four two, right? So it's more of a guy that could do that whole corridor up and down. And so I think it's a little bit easier to adapt somebody. Like you got a guy if he's healthy, right? Uh, uh, Andre Almeida. <laughs> We'll put in Servi. I don't know much. Chucky, Chucky. Put in El Chucky. Uh, but yeah, Chucky. You got Chuck up top. Yeah. If we played with with the Tavares kid out of position for for a long time, you know, why can't we play with Andre Almeida on the left? We could. Because I don't think Andre Almeida could run that much. But still, for one game, we could do it. Now, for an extended period of time, Julius, line up, my man. Get ready. No, he's not. Uh, he's not uh, registered for Champions League. That's is, right. The Champions League. He's left out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Sergio was asking, "Is Darwin our best left winger?" I don't even think that's a left winger position, to be honest with you. I think that's more of a forward that's deployed to the left. 
I don't know if I'd consider Darwin. It's hard to to consider or classify Darwin as a, as a winger. He's not because, a winger, but he's playing in a winger position because yes. JJ plays in a three four three. That is a winger, but he has a lot more, uh, f- you know, flexibility, a lot more ability. He has he has the the freedom to just make your own runs, and if he's scoring goals, it look you know, and and, and Yarmchuk opening uh, space for him. I, I think, yeah, Alfred, you call him whatever you want. Like I said, I think I said, I answered on Twitter. He keeps scoring two goals a game. The guy can play right back for all that. He can pick his position. I don't give a crap. He just keep putting him in the back of the net. Yeah. Um, Davey said, everything can go kick rocks. Shot the score for Celtic today. It's it's funny that you say that because um, whenever there's a Benfica player that's interested or there's interest from a Benfica player from uh, an international team, we always get plenty of DMs on our Bifika podcast uh, box asking about, well, what can you tell us about this player? And uh, I was talking to somebody from from Celtic, uh, and I did say, look, he's got great potential. He just hasn't been able to fulfill it uh, at Benfica. But his type of game and his style of game, I think, is a game that will fit well with a more direct Scottish or even British game. Um, and I told him, look, if this kid breaks through, he's going to be a, an outstanding player for you. And now there's been a couple games. Uh, he played in, in, in Europe, if I'm not mistaken. He had a good game. Uh, and also he scored today in, on a very good run behind the defense and the through ball found him and he was able to tuck it away past the goalkeeper. So, yeah, uh, look, I, I'm very happy for Jota and I just hope that this could be something that could be beneficial for Benfica next year, that he could get his, his groove back. Anyway... Well, you kind of don't want him to have too good of a season because that what was his buyout? Ten million? Oh, he does have a buyout. You're right about that. He does have a buyout, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but anyway, that's all we got for you uh, this week. Sorry for being here uh, late, but uh, we'll be back to their regularly scheduled program next week on Tuesday. Thanks all the Freddies for uh, keeping us company and asking all the questions. I know that Cristiano loves that type of interaction, and so does Dave. I was just going to say big shout-out to all the Freddies. Thank you, <laughs> Federicos, for joining us. Uh, and look forward to talking to you guys again next week. And let's get them, Let's get this movement going, man. We need, we need a couple more of you guys in the chat because things for sure get a lot more interesting. Right. Take care, you guys. Have a good week, good weekend, and Forza Benfica. Carrega.